<laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Lee Daniel and my co-host, Allison Reiner. And this, Hi, is everyone. Not, this is not legal advice. So today, Allison looks amazing because she is at the beach. Are you at the beach? I'm at the, I'm working though. I'm working. I'm doing that, that work-life balance thing. Yeah, I'm at the beach and I'm hot. I'm sticky, but I'm here with you today. Well, and you're, but you're glowing and shiny and I'm here feeling <laughs> super pasty, you know. <laughs> but we're here and today we're going to talk about, because it's such a hot button in, in my practice, how to leave a narcissistic relationship. How do you leave that narcissist? Why is it so hard? Allison, why do you think it's so hard to end a relationship with a narcissist, whether it be a family member a spouse, a, relation, a friend, whoever. Why is it so difficult? I think it, there are two parts to it. I think the first part is, and if we're honest with ourselves, the first part is we think we can change them. We think mm. we can save them. That's the first part. And that's the bit that nobody really likes to admit to. Um, so we kind of keep drawing ourselves back into it. Uh, but the other part is uh, they draw us in because they, you know, the, the pushing the, the drama of it and the, the excitement of being dropped and then being overloved and uh, you know being pulled back in. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then as soon as they reel you back in, they drop you again. So it's it's kind of that. We always think, ah, it was in my head. It must have been in my head. Um, and yeah, so we keep getting draw, drawn back in. And at the same time, it's bit you know the people that fall for narcissism because one of the big things I think is. You know, everyone says, why is it always me? Well, it tends to be the sort of softer, more open-hearted kind of people that are uh, that fall for narcissistic love uh, because we see, you know, we see both sides. We see the, the injured child in that person. And that's the thing I think that also keeps us going back is every time we get hurt, we know that they're hurting too and we keep trying to you know, make it better for them. So it's, it's that two double-edged sword, I think. And they're also... I mean, those, those are absolutely correct. It's so difficult. That's the most difficult relationship to leave. And I've read, lot, I've read a lot about it and I've seen it with my clients because they're so manipulative. And so you just get completely fooled by yeah. the things that they say. And they'll try to make you feel like you're the one that's got the problem or you're the one that's doing something wrong. And so then you find yourself questioning, well, wait a minute, did I, well, you know, whatever. And you're, you're totally, you're questioning yourself. And is that right? Or did I really do something wrong? Because like you said, the empath or the, the sensitive, sweet person is really going to self-reflect and be like, am I the one in the wrong? And of yeah. course, the narcissist is going to roll right with that, right? Well, yes, you're the one in the wrong. I had a girl that came in and, and she said that her husband had told her that if she didn't have sex with him every day, sometimes multiple times a day, then it was her fault if he went and cheated. Now, I've heard this more than once. I've heard this from two different women in the last probably six weeks. And they both bought into that. I mean, they both were like, well, I mean, the first lady was like, well, I didn't give him enough attention. You know, I, I was working too much. And I'm like, what? No, <laughs> it's no, no, not no. your fault. Yeah. That's the kind of crazy manipulation. And that's, that yeah, and, 
Yeah, and the other thing, yeah, you know, then we try to, in, in our minds, we try to um, rationalize it with our own moral compass. But right. what we have to remember is they, there is no moral compass, compass from a narcissist. They do and they say whatever is necessary to yeah. get the result that they want. So we can, we keep going in thinking, ah, well, I, this is how I would do it. This is how the normal person would say it. And if a normal person said that, they would mean this. No, it doesn't work. You know, that. Nope. No, all bets are off when it comes to dealing with a narcissist. It's a case of, yeah, you know, just. So, what do you think about that? What do you think about that argument? If you don't have sex with me, then I'm going to go and cheat, and it's going to be your fault. Well, apart from the fact it's absolutely crazy, it shows no um, no engagement in a, in a relationship at all. You know, I'm I, I didn't marry you to for you to have sex with me on on demand. That's not why we're we're in a relationship. There's so much more to it. And if you can't wait, then the problem's yours. You know, it's it's so ridiculous. But what about this? That you have to take a, a step back and say, really? But what about this? So, because I have a lot of clients, this is going off the narcissist, although who knows, but I have a lot of clients who are men, most of the time men, although I have had a, a woman that was a very, um, a woman that was in her mid seventies, who was like, my husband won't have sex with me. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? And, and the men will say, I haven't had sex in three years, or I haven't had sex in you know, however many long. I mean, I had one client who had not had sex for 17 years. He really hung in there. And, and I, you know, he, 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 and I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> but, you know, once you get into that, I mean, his, his wife was total narcissist, but once you get into that place, you start thinking that that's okay. That's normal. Right. But what do you think about somebody who hasn't had sex for a long time or any physical affection or if they turn to somebody else? I think, you know, I get it, it comes, you know, all of this comes back to communication, open communication. And of course, if you were talking narcissistic, then it's different. It's a different ballgame. But yeah, in re uh, the real world, if if you're not getting enough sex, if you're having too much sex, if you have any problem in your relationship at all, the first place is to be able to communicate right. openly and honestly. Now that's, yeah, that is a huge problem for a lot of people because we're not taught how to do it. Right. And, you know, certainly you probably more than anyone know how to do it because you're a lawyer, you were taught how to uh, put forward an argument without necessarily manipulating the situation. Oh, I don't know. Are, I wasn't yeah. taught. I wasn't taught any of that. Yeah. But I, um, but I have learned through the course of practicing law, you know, how to approach different situations. And I've been doing it for so long. I've seen every single situation, and and I do feel compassion for somebody who uh, has recently had a male client, and he his wife was so mean to him. I mean, we had these audio recordings of her talking to him so horribly that I can't even I can't fathom and I can't even I can't get over the way she talked to him now to her lawyer and to everybody around her she was this sweet little woman but she actually told him that she thought she was a satanist and she was evil and she treated him like that and this poor man started looking online for somebody to be nice to him and I mean he didn't have sex with anybody else but I said to him don't be so hard on yourself yeah. because you've been in this 
I mean, you've been criticized and put down for so long that you wanted somebody to be nice to you. And I just can't, couldn't fault him for that situation. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and the, the problem is, again, if, we, if you aren't able to have a, a conversation about it, to, to communicate, and if it's something that's important to you, well, let's be honest, sex isn't 50% of a relationship, but, you know, it's, right. it's a high percentage of a relationship. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't want to, then there's an issue in the, the bigger picture. And if you can't talk about that, then unfortunately the natural response is to go and look elsewhere. Uh, it's normal. It's a shame. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's a terrible but there, thing. But, but there's it's... definitely different in blaming somebody else, which is what a narcissist will do. They will yeah. blame you. They will never take personal responsibility. Whereas the empath will take over responsibility. But, yeah. It must be my fault. I remember when I was in a relationship with a narcissist, Allison remembers it well, I'm sure. Um, and he blamed me or he wanted me to feel bad for him. You don't feel bad enough for me that my ex-wife has, has, I mean, has not had sex with me. And this is when we were together. <laughs> and I'm like, but you just don't see how horrible this is that she's rejected me. And I'm thinking, but we're, to, we're together now. And, and what? And so they will make you feel completely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you're, maybe that's the, the normal way of things. Maybe that's how real relationships work. I mean, it's crazy. It's, and that's but what I, 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 bad, I would feel bad for him. I yeah. would feel bad or he would be absolutely incensed with jealousy because his ex-wife was on a date with somebody when he and I had been dating for two months, but his ex-wife was on a date and the whole night, all he can talk about the fact is that she's on a date with somebody else and how upset and how come you can't understand why, why I'm upset. And the problem is, yeah. And the problem is we don't know how to get ourselves out of that situation. So, you know, right. in, in a, in that situation, you would, you would like to think that your reaction would be, I'm leaving now. And if you're in the the situation that you want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me about us about politics about anything else in the world then call me otherwise please don't you know, please don't come near me but we don't <laughs> we don't we get we we try we go into our own minds yeah uh, and we start trying to justify poor thing or is it me or is there some way that i can help them to make it better for me to and that's you know the, the other place Going back to your very uh, first question, how do we leave a narcissist? Boundaries. Because if yeah. I know that I am very, very soft, if I know that all somebody has to do is bat their eyelids, let a tear roll down their face and tell me a sob story and I'm all in and I'm trying to save them, then how am I going to avoid that? By setting strict boundaries for myself. Right. Saying, okay, not, not boundaries, and that's the other thing we've talked about before lots yeah. of our Boundaries aren't for the other people. They're to save ourselves from ourselves, save ourselves right. from uh, from making the same mistake again and again. So I know that when somebody does that, my tendency is to react in this way, whatever this way is, to you know, to try and make them happy, to try and cheer them up, to try and yeah, you know, change their mind or their mood or whatever. Okay, that's not my job. How am I going to stop that when I find myself in that situation? As soon as I feel X, Y, or Z. I take a step back. I this is my standard line, and you know it might be that you set yourself a line. When that happens, when I feel this way, I say, "Okay, I'm leaving now. 
and I make sure that I take one, two, three steps to the door and I go, you know, right. train yourself so that it sounds easy, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, at least you've got you've got that barrier between you and the and your own behavior, because at yeah, this point we're not talking about their behavior. We're talking about our behavior in uh, um, in respect to the, the other person. So I had in the situation I was describing, my friend was present and she got up and left and said, I'm not going to stay here to me. She said, I'm not going to stay here and listen to this. It's disrespectful and I'm leaving. And she left. And so then soon after that, I said, okay, I'm going to leave. And within hours, he was at my door crying, saying that he was suicidal now. That's the kind of thing that a narcissist will do. They will manipulate you because they know they've messed up. And so they will say or do something. And so a lot of times I see this in my practice. People will say, but if I leave him, then he's going to start saying he's going to kill himself or, and, and you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to take light any kind of suicide threat, but this one got this one lady, her husband was like an upper level, he's military and he had had this girlfriend on the side and was playing house with her while she had the two little kids. And I said, he is not going to kill himself. He, I mean, you know, again I don't want to take I don't want to take it lightly I don't want anybody to think that I'm discounting threats of suicide but this man was just trying to lure her back by oh poor side me now you've caught me if I lose my family then and we in the course of her case we found so many I mean just horrendous things this guy did like telling their little girl don't tell mommy that we're with this other family (gasps) I mean, you don't want to tell your kids not to tell things because what if something bad happens to them and they become accustomed to keeping secrets from secrets. the other parent? Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, it's, yeah. as we said, there are no rules. That, and the only thing no. to do is take a step out and cut, cut contact to the best of your ability. And I heard somebody else talking about, you know, if you're in a relationship and there are no children involved or as uh, if it's a family member for the, you know, where it's a different dynamic, it's, it's maybe easier because yeah. you can cut contact. If you have kids, uh, I heard somebody talking once about uh, communicating only via email yeah, and setting up a, a system that the email, because again, you know, and it happened to you, I know you were bombarded by emails at a certain point, you had to put a block in your email system, um, but maybe find a third party that the email goes through, whether it's a, a friend or your lawyer or you know your mother, somebody that you trust not to take sides or not to, to manipulate the situation further uh, and try and keep the contacts minimal. Yeah, and I I think that, um, and if you know about narcissism, you've probably heard of the cold gray rock thing. And, and that is just being as neutral as you can be, right? Super neutral short responses don't try to blame them because they're going to come back at you 10 times just stay really calm um, and answer questions without trying to get into an emotional argument that that has been when I've helped people like I've sometimes when I've had narcissists on the other side I've actually read every email exchange between the two before they would send them to say okay don't say that 
You can't put them because you can't put them down because if you put them down, you know, they can't take it. Their right. egos yeah. are so fragile. They can't take that. And I'm going to say, tell you this that I've told people to do and see what you think. This is totally against what I normally would do. But I tell people to make a list of all of the horrible things that that narcissist has done to them. And that, you know, we're not supposed to focus on the negative, but what do you think about that? No, I think that's, um, it's a, a really, it's not a negative, it's a positive because we have such short-term memories. We really have such short-term memories. And, uh, and if you don't have the proof, you, you forget. You, you get caught up in whatever the particular situation of the moment is and you forget that actually it's repeated itself and this is the 15th, 20th or 300th time it's happened. So I think it's really, really important um, to put down on paper in black and white all those terrible things that have happened. I like that idea. Um, and then on the other side of it, you know, because a lot of the of lo lot of times, and I had this uh, conversation recently with a girlfriend of mine who found herself having done years of work on herself, found herself in a narcissistic relationship. And, uh, and of course, she, she phoned in tears. She said, I can't believe I got myself into this. I can't believe I didn't see it. I said, yeah, but you're three months into it. You're not 10 years into it. So, you know, right. the work that you've done helped, you know, it, it sparked something pretty, pretty immediately for you. But the other thing to do is do that, write your list out. But on the other side of it, also write all the good things. All the, the what was it about him or the relationship that drew you in so quickly? Because those are the things that you're looking for in a relationship. Those are the things that you want. And there are people out there that aren't narcissistic, that won't give with one hand whilst punching you on the side of the head, um, that will give you with an open heart what it is you want. So yeah, there, the balance is there. The shit. Well, I mean, I have to say, if anybody's too nice now, I immediately <laughs> I start saying, okay, what's up because in all of the relationships that i've had that have been narcissistic they come on so strong initially way over the top and now i've learned that that's not very healthy but that's called love bombing and so yeah. if anybody knows narcissists speak that love bombing is where they just adore you right and they just give you all of this adoration and and you're like, oh, the sun is shining on me and you feel so good, but it doesn't last. Now, I guess, I suppose there are people that it can last, but love bombing is, um, I mean, you're going to, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel like this is a little weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it feels too much, then it is too much. I think that's right. I mean, if it's too good to be true, I mean, all these cliche, if it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. um, so those are some definitely some things that I think we can do. Uh, it's it's so it's hard because of the manipulation um, and to everybody else they may be the most charming person in the world. That's another problem, yeah. you know. And that's what yeah, people that's... say to me. They'll say, "Well, but nobody's ever going to believe it because he's the minister of the church, or he's the this or that, or he's the this or that," and they probably won't. What do you think about that? I think they all know. And I think, you know, if, if you recall the, the relationship that you were talking about earlier, uh, we all on first meeting said, oh, oh, there's, mm -mm, there's something not, 
there's something there is it's not maybe I can't put words to it but no I'm not comfortable so I think even if people might not be willing to say anything but they're never going to be surprised mm, good point you know, good the, point the so don't you know don't I feel it but no one's talking about it don't let that stop you do what do what feels right for you anyway take a step out take a step away and the number of times that uh, I I had a, a relationship a long time ago when I was a young girl um, and I was always the moody one. You know, everyone always said, oh, you were the moody one and he was the fun one. And it was only after a long, long time, you know, many, many years later that people said, Do you know, actually, he's a pain in the arse. You know, he's, he's not nice. Yeah, he's because, you know, because I was the one that was reacting constantly to him and he was the, the life and soul of the party. And eventually people saw through that, you know. Yeah way beyond uh, any time that was was important to me but you know in in later years they saw that so it, people do feel it people do see it and yeah. actually that's not our business anyway our business is with ourselves right and that's what I recently had a call with someone who was just crying the whole time about what her what the families would think what other people would think because he's such a great guy and He's this and this and this. And, and she said, if you want to talk to my kids, they'll, they'll tell you. And I said, I don't need any proof. You know, I, and people want to try to prove it to me. They want to bring their kids in or I brought my best friend with me to this appointment so she can tell you what she's seen. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because, and that goes back to boundaries, really, because you have to know in your heart of hearts what's right for you right and yeah. so it doesn't matter what these other people are saying or doing it because you're the only one that's living in this mess yeah and, and that's yeah like boundaries and intuition and that's the other place that we we feel it you said before we feel it we always feel it we choose often to ignore it we choose to push it away but we we do feel it and you know what's what's right for me isn't going to be right for you right even you know, even in a, a normal everyday relationship, what I what I want and what I need from my relationship isn't ever going to be what you want or what you need, or anyone else does because we're all different and we all have right. a different view on what's yeah what works for us and what's healthy. You know, I need a lot of time on my own. Somebody else would feel you know uncomfortable if they spent so much time away from their partner. Uh, so you have to know yourself first and foremost, and if it right. feels bad for you, you don't need anyone else to tell. Of course, it's nice. It's nice if somebody else says, "Yeah, I spot what you, uh, what you're talking about." But you don't need that. You what you, what you do need is to trust yourself. It doesn't right. work for me. It's not. You know, it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I've been. No, sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, I think that that's one of the steps that really people need to take if they're leaving a narcissistic relationship is to find some if they can't do it on their own because they've been admired, 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 admired. <laughs> mired in my I don't know enmeshed enmeshed mired <laughs> it's too early um <laughs> if they've been in the situation for a long time they've forgotten who they are because they're catering to this other part this deep part-time demon you know and they have forgotten who they are so what I tell people when they come in is stop thinking about what they're going to do what we need to do is we need to focus on how you can get back to yourself. This that poor guy I was talking about who had been treated so atrociously. Like she burned all his family photos. I mean, why do you do? And then said, "Oh, I didn't do that." 
well, where are they? And why is there a fire in the house? You know, And we have all of this on audio tape and she's denying it the whole time. I mean, you, anyway, yeah, um, yeah, crazy stuff, crazy, just absolutely crazy. And I said to this guy, he apologized. I mean, he told me he was sorry. I can't even tell you. In the course of four or five hours, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it was just like, you've got to stop saying you're sorry. And I said, you've got to get help. And I think that, you know, find a therapist or I really like a coach. I, mean, I think that um, a coach is better maybe to help you with action steps. Um, you know, therapists can help you go through why you did what you did. What do you think, Allison? Yeah, I, th I think, yeah, to, to actually move out from it, yeah, because that's what the co what coaching is as opposed to therapy is moving forward. Um, and frankly, if you're apologizing all the time, you kind of know why you're apologizing because you've been stuck in the situation for 17 years. You don't need somebody to say it's because you've been living with a bitch for 17 years. You need someone to say, okay, so this is what we're going to do every time you catch yourself saying sorry, get yourself an elastic band. That's exactly yourself, what I said. <laughs> um, and, and replace it with uh, another you know, banal expression that, that isn't apology. So, you know, retraining your, your mind in what, whatever way you can. I think that's, that's a good idea. Somebody, yeah, somebody in your corner. Somebody in your corner that is yeah. not, you know, because your family are great. They're always going to be great because they, they want you to be happy and they want the best solution. Often they want the best solution that they think um, is for you. So somebody outside that, yeah. you can say, right, okay, you, this is about you. You know best, you know inside. Let's get your insides working again. Let's get your intuition, your gut instincts and whatever um, back to, to where they should be so that you know what's right for you and you know yeah. what you want to do and you know how to move forward um, and what steps are going to make you happy. And I think another important step in getting away from narcissists is if you can, because a lot of times in the course of litigation, you can't because of the kids, if you can get away from that person. If you're living with them, move out, go stay with somebody else. Don't, because of your pride or whatever, get away from them because they're not going to, they're going to be relentless, right? And they're going to be, if you, even if they didn't want you, right? So this is what I see a lot. They don't want you, but as soon as you decide you're going to leave, oh no, they're not going to let you go. And so you're going to be under relentless pressure. Like in the one case where the, the woman whose husband that was the high ranking military, he had moved out. He moved out. He had this other pretty little girlfriend renovating her house. And as soon as my client said, it's been months, I'm ready to get a divorce. I'm moving back in. <laughs> you know, and fortunately it was during the pandemic and she could go to her family's house without the court censoring her, but that's what happens because they don't, they want to keep everybody on the hook, right? Yeah. They want to keep you on the hook they until they don't need you. Until they're in control. Yeah. It's terrible. So get away from them. If there's a way to get away and not to communicate or like Allison suggested email, or there's something called, um, you probably don't have it in Italy, but it's called my family wizard. And it's a mechanism where you can log all communication in um, this online software so you don't have to interact with them personally you just kind of record it all in the software and that's much better because you don't have the emotional charge 
right? That's I mean, a fabulous idea. Yeah, it's really popular here. My yeah. thing. I suggested all high conflict divorces because, or families, because then you don't have to respond. And especially like I have one client who blocked her ex-husband because he would text her so many times a day on the context of, oh, I just want to talk to the kids or in just harassing, you know, 20 texts a day when it's somebody you don't want to talk to is harassing. Even when, even when it's someone you love deeply, 20 well, yeah. texts a day is a bit overwhelming. <laughs> right. But I mean, in this case, if it's somebody that you know, they don't want to, they know you don't want to talk to them. Yeah, and they're going to talk, they're going to just keep at it all day. I said, just block him. You're in contempt, you know? And I said, as long as he can communicate with you in some way, you don't have to be on at his beck and call. And so then he would say, in fact, he said in um, depositions, he said, she's not going to control me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to email her because she was blocked the phone number. I'm like, I said, how is that controlling you? How is it controlling you to send her an email? that's that is exactly I mean that that almost sums up the narcissistic mind she's controlling me because she is t dictating when and how I can contact her he could have called that's and left nice. a voicemail message he could and what had happened was the child had got suspended from school but he didn't tell my client three o'clock comes where's my child right why isn't she not home what's going on she's like freaking out and the reason that he didn't let her know that she got suspended was because she blocked me from texting. I mean, this guy is a piece of work. <laughs> I mean, he makes me crazy. So you can see it's time for me to go on to um, the rest of my day. And I have depositions today. But Allison, thank you so much. And, and we talk about narcissism a lot because it's really hard. Yeah, it's there. It's hard. It's when you're in the middle of it, it feels like there is no way out of it. There really, yeah. it feels like, you know, like you're trapped until they decide. But, you know, we're both proof in our different ways that that's not the case. Right. There is a way out. It's, it takes, yeah, it takes the courage that, it, that you were using just to stay there and survive. Turning that around and using it to, to block contact as, as much as possible. And to, and, yeah, as, as we said before, and to remember there is no moral compass. Oh, yeah. you know, anything goes, whatever comes out of their mouths, you, you've got to take with, yeah, not just a pinch of salt, a ton of salt. It's never, yeah, it's never going to be what it looks like. Well, and, and I also think that what I told the girl yesterday, and this is the last thing I want to say, because I have to go, is I said, yeah. you can use what's happening to you to help other people. You know, because she said, how am I ever going to get over this, through this, whatever? And I said, look at it as a gift that you can use to help others. And I think if you just stop feeling hopeless and see that this, all of this is just moving you to the next place in your life, you know? And the other one last thing, um, and then we'll definitely let you go to work. Yeah. The other thing is because you know a lot of people say, "But why me? How, how could right. I have been right. that yep. stupid?" And that's exactly what my girlfriend said: "Was me who's done all this work? How could I have been that stupid? You were that stupid because, uh, yeah, because they they played into what yeah. you wanted. They played exactly to what you were looking for in your your ideal relationship. So you had no, you know, that there is no way out." 
they were going to capture you because if you said you love sunsets, what are they going to do? You're going, they're going to take you to the best sunset in the city. If you, you know, you like the beach, they'll take you to the beach. If you, you love eating fish, they'll take you to the best fish restaurant. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, they feed what they know you want. Yes. So yes, don't yes. beat yourself up. If you find yourself in a situation, don't beat yourself up. You were, you know, they were going to get you. That's, that's, that, that was their job. That their main job was to to get to reel you in. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. All right. Well, thank you guys. And where can people follow you, Allison? Find me. Um, you can find me on Facebook in my Facebook group, uh, Simply Connected with Alison McGinley. And you can also email me at Alison, um, Alison, I know that doesn't make much sense. Or check out my website, alisonreiner.com. And what about right. you? Where are you, Lee? <laughs> and I will be right over at my office on Gallatin Street. <laughs> uh, there, and my in dogs are Huntsville, right Alabama. Alabama, in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. So thanks, everybody. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Alison. Bye-bye.